6 a.m. run community, 6 a.m. run family. Wow. I'm, I really, first of all, before we start, I want to thank you guys. I'm watching the download numbers of the podcast and obviously we continue to grow. I don't know if you guys are listening while you're running. I don't know if you guys are listening while you're driving. Who I'm about to talk to, I'm going to introduce this person in a second. I know I've done a lot of driving last summer and I'm planning this summer for AAU. I kind of want to tell you guys a little bit about me real quick because I want to let this person really take over the next hour here. But as you guys all know, and I've talked about my daughter and AAU and our basketball journey over the past three or four years. And so that's why I'm kind of excited to have this person on the podcast. But I know a lot of you guys go through that. You know, a lot of us are 30 plus and the people that are listening to this podcast. Um, let me not waste time, though. And Michael Huber, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are. Awesome. Michael, welcome to the show. Real quick, I always feel no one is their better hype man than themselves. But can you say why I found you and why I wanted you to talk to our audience of, you know, again, we're talking, you know, parents of that 10 to kind of 20 year old age group. Yep. So thanks for having me on. First of all, this is, this is great. It's great to meet you. Yeah. So I'm a certified mental performance consultant. So translate that to sports psychology, uh, working primarily with young people anywhere from actually the ages of nine or 10 up to college aged uh, athletes. Wow. So in that space, I'm working with them just on working on mental strategies to be better better performers and, and better people and, and sort of just manage their lives, which, as you know, are getting crazier and crazier by the day in terms of demands and expectations of these young people. So uh, I try to help them with uh, juggling all of that. Right. So, okay. So people, let, let's start from there. So I don't know if you want to talk even in my situation, but a person calls you, what is the number one kind of thing people call you and you hear? Maybe, maybe we'll start there. What is like the number one, com- not complaint even, but issue that you hear parents call you with? And is it mostly parents that reach out to you or do kids reach out to you and be like, yo, my dad's driving me nuts? No, I would say almost exclusively parents reach out to me. And I think that the primary issue tends to be confidence, right? Just sort of generically confidence. But I think more specifically, I think parents are just looking at their children and saying like, there's much more potential, there's more gas in the tank. And they are looking at the mindset or the mind is being sort of the big hurdle to reaching that potential. Yeah, I get that. And I think that what I love and my favorite athletes, uh, I'll just say this, uh, the Kawhi Leonard's, right? The guys that are very non-emotional, the guys that can, my thing I try to show my daughter, it's the guys that can, you know, they always say, and I, the best, even though I'm not a football player, but the quarterback who can throw an interception and act like it never happened, right? It's my daughter with basketball. I think when a player misses a shot, they try to change the shot a little bit. They get a little stiffer. They don't flow, right? Like, so to your point on confidence, that's the biggest part of this all, right? To be able to forget a mistake to, you know, and I don't know, by the way, I still struggle with, and I don't want to take over this podcast. I really want to hear your opinions on these. You know, what is best? Is it better you know, the coach that pulls the kid out after one mistake to teach them a lesson. Is it better for the coach to let that kid be out there and make five mistakes, but learn from them and get better and know that they've got the confidence of the coach? There's so many things that I, how do you, uh, this is a long-winded question, but I mean, and it is loaded, but kids are dealing with 20 coaches nowadays, AAU, rec leagues, their high school Mm -hmm. leagues, it's all different styles. So go ahead, take it over. How can you help fix all this? You just hit on pretty much everything that kind of comes up in 
a conversation with a young person. Right. And so look, to take it back to the first comment you made about sort of the best athletes are the ones that sort of are unaffected. Right. The metaphor I use with the athletes that I work with is like, I would love for you to be like a robot. Mm -hmm. Now that's obviously impossible because we're human, right? But what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, is if the athlete can shrink the amount of time from the point where they get hard on themselves or get down on themselves for making a mistake and come back to center to be mm -hmm. present, yeah. they're going to be much more effective as a performer wow. because what you described, so confidence, the lack of confidence that I see in young people translates to perfectionism. And so sort of to what you were saying, which is they're so afraid to make mistakes that that holds them back from really being the athlete that they want to be. Right. Yeah. And so what I try to teach them a lot of times is how, like, what's the strategy for recognizing this sort of negative self-talk or this sort of being hard on yourself and getting yourself back to where you need to be as quickly as possible. Wow. So I would call that a reset routine. So that's something I do with athletes a lot. Um, and that can look a lot of different ways because to your point about coaches, every coach is different. Every kid is different, right? Like there's no formula from where I sit. What I try to do is teach kids, Hey, control what you can control, right? Whether or not you get taken out of a game is not up to you, right? So what, how can you control that and manage that so that you're not letting it affect you so much that the next time you're back out there that you are taking it personally, yeah. because it's not personal because a coach has a job to do. A lot of them get judged by wins and losses and get paid to feed their family. So, you know, you can't take that personally because they're doing the best they can for the team. Right. Wow. And with that, I mean, back to the kind of that other question too, on the different styles. Here's my thing. Let me, let me back up a little bit sure. with what I love about sports. 99% of these kids are not going to be pro athletes. And I think parents, I will be the first to tell you, I think parents have this kind of perception of I'm going to build a pro athlete. And I will say, I think a lot of it comes from the parent. So let me back up a little bit. My father, right? The one thing that I, at least I respect about my dad always said was, look, I'm, and I, we do audio only so people can't see, but my dad used to kind of put his hand to his chest and say, look, I'm here. My job in life is to get you here, right? Now, my dad was an asshole when it came to sports and hard on me, but you later on see like he just wanted me to meet those expectations. Mm -hmm. And then in professionally in life, what I like about sports was, when I had, uh, and I curse a little bit, so forgive me, Michael, but when me too. I, had the, I had the asshole boss in life, when I had teachers that were jerks, had coaches that were jerks, it really didn't phase me. Nowadays, I feel like so many, and as a CEO of a company, I deal with contractors, employees, and I love them all. Don't get me wrong. Everyone that helps my company, I love them and value them. But you see, there's such a, they're emotional right? Like sensitivity, they're sensitive. You can't the old Bobby Knight. And I, I get this Bobby Knights don't exist anymore. Right. It just, they can't, they can't survive in today's world. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Maybe it is right that, that we're going that direction, but that's where I feel like I think that now in the business world, right? Like I've always said, sports is not for being a professional athlete. It's so you get to your profession in life and you crush it, whatever that may be. Yep. I would not be, 6 a.m. run would not be where it is today. You know, just getting, G, GNC, let me use this as an example. GNC.com, we just launched on there last week. They must have told me no 35 times, but I didn't quit. If I wasn't an athlete, I don't know that I wouldn't have give up maybe after the second no. Does that make sense? And and can you it does, of course. 
I was an athlete too, you know, totally. Sports is a vehicle for building life skills, right? right? And I, I think to the credit of the parents that I work with, a lot of them understand it the same way you do, which is to say, they're looking at working, having their child work with me as a long-term investment in building life skills. And it's not necessarily the, I want my kid to be a professional athlete, which I think is a shift. And I think, listen, I think as a mental performance coach, but also as a parent, I think there's room to be an asshole sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference is, is that if I'm an asshole and I give you feedback that you don't like, or you don't like the way I deliver it, I think the key is to give the young person the room to solve the, the problem on their own. And I think that's the bigger issue is that parents and are trying to control the situation and solve the problems for the kids and they don't know how to solve their own problems. And so I think that that's one of the biggest challenges I see from parents is they can't step back and let their kid fall on their face when they need to. Yeah. And that's what's, I think, causing that sensitivity down the road is that they don't really know how to deal with stuff because they always had to dealt for them, yeah. you know, dealt with for them. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Let me ask you this, the pressures. I think sometimes we don't understand the pressures also too. I think what, so this is a tough question too, but I think what I, what I, I was a C student, right? I probably could have been an A student, but literally my day consisted of, here's the beauty of sports also. And I, I tell my daughter this, my daughter, luckily, and I think there's more pressure on school now. And I think there's more information. So kids are just generally smarter. We didn't, I'm, again, I'm 42. So I didn't have all this at my fingertips that the kids have today. But literally my day was like school, lunch, snack, get to practice. By the time you get home, shower, eat dinner with your family, maybe get just knock out homework, not even really study, just knock mm. out homework at the hand. Right. And, but I'll tell you what I love about that. When I go back to like my high school reunion and, and anyone listening to me, I'm not knocking this, but you see the kids that didn't have sports or they had the free time more to say, those were the kids that were, you know, out in the back of the school smoking or drinking on Friday, Saturday nights, my Friday, Saturday nights, if it's game night, like I'm in bed crying, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't, you know, so I'll say it's again, it keeps you, I think on the straight, right? I didn't have time to get in trouble. If that yep. makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. I, I can totally relate to that. And I, I think more than ever now, I think kids are even more structured, right? They're even busier in terms of like, just like anecdotally trying to get time to schedule an appointment with one of my clients is really hard because they practice after school, they go to weight training, they, right. Like they're doing all this different stuff. And to try to find 45 minutes to have a meeting with a kid to talk about, you know, their, their mindset and their sanity and all the stuff that's going on is, is a challenge because they are so structured. And I think it's a good thing too, but I think sometimes, again, it comes back to motivation. Are they doing it because they want to do it or are they doing it because they feel like they need to do it to make somebody else happy? Right. Those are two totally different things. And I think when I find the kids who are doing stuff that they don't want to do because they feel like they're trying to please somebody else, that's where it can get a little bit messy. Yeah. Well, what, and so the other thing too is the other aspect too is for even for my daughter, for example, train, training, mm. right? Like, I don't remember training. I went out and played outside, right? Like that's how I got better at soccer and basketball. These kids, yep. and, and and to my daughter's credit, like she, I can schedule five training sessions with her. She's going to knock them out. But what these kids don't do, and the reason we do that, it's more, and I will say the parks around my way, like I remember growing up, I could go to a park that had a basketball court and there would 
eventually be eight guys there and we could run four on four, right? Like you just knew mm-hmm. somebody's going to, some kids are going to start showing up. We didn't have cell phones. Maybe we had a pager when I was like a teenager, right? Yeah. <laughs> that didn't work to like, that didn't work to get like kids together, right? I was more, I think the pager for us and you probably remember the pager. For I us, do. It was like, I do. That's it, it was more like a cool factor, right? <laughs> Ooh, I got a pager, page me. Even though like, you know what I mean? You would pick up your phone and then you, what, you would call their house phone, right? You wouldn't even call them. They call from a pay phone. <laughs> like, um, but, but anyway, like the parks around here, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. We're like literally 30 minutes outside Philly. Parks around here, and by the way, they're not in bad neighborhoods. It's not like, you know, I know some people, some say parks are kind of a little violent areas. They're not bad around here. Nobody's at parks. They're not. But again, trainers, I'm sure they love it because they're making a lot of money. Trainers are kind of like the new norm right? Um, Mm. I tell my daughter all the time, yeah, D1 scholarship is your goal. It's her vision. That's what she wants. But when it's all said and done, I've probably spent college tuition to get you that Mm. freeze. Like that's a given by now. Like I've already paid for college. What what are your thoughts there? Are parents wasting their money? Oh, wow. That's a heavy question. I'm a big believer in value, Mm. right? Which comes down to perception, right? If you think that you're getting something valuable for the money you're paying, I think it's worth it, right? Because, you know, like even I had that sort of bias because I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of resources. And so when I got into this line of work, I'm thinking like, who the hell is going to pay me to do what I do? It's in my mind, it's a luxury item. And then I realized that people want the best for their kids and they have disposable income. So why not invest it in somebody who can help my child be better? And I think that that's a great thing. I think, again, it depends on the kid. I'll use my own child. My son's 13. He's a good little athlete, but he's not particularly motivated to go above and beyond. And you know, I think for a while I wanted to force the issue and be like, no, like I see potential in, in you. You have to do this. And then I was just like, well, why am I spending my money if this kid is not having fun doing it? And I look at him and he goes to the park every day after school and he plays football on the turf at the high school with his friends and they play pickup basketball. And I'm like, maybe that is a better way that works for him. And we'll just see. And it took me a little bit of time to take my, you know, my hand off the wheel, so to speak. So I think it depends on the parent. I think if the kids are into the training and they're getting better and they like it, hell yeah, do it. Right. But if your kid's resisting, like to me, if my kid comes back to me and starts complaining that he's going to training, I'm like, why the hell am I spending this hundred, 150 bucks for my kid to go to training? He doesn't want to do it. Like, I think that that's when you start to force them to do that, it's just going to create a resentment that is probably going to lead to, you know, quitting down the road or at least some discontent. Well, let me ask you, that brings up another, a good question. I will, or or my statement to that. So one of my buddies who is a former D1 athlete, Mm -hmm. and I never forget, he's now a trainer. And he says to me, look, what kids do need, and they need to see victories. And and let me give you an example. I'll even give Mm -hmm. you an example. I'm the big advocate of work harder than, you know, the Mamba mentality, work harder than the person, you know, you probably have heard that Brian Williams story of, with Kobe, where like, this is one of my favorite stories or, mm-hmm. uh, that Brian Williams says, or Jason Williams, I'm sorry, where he says that he, he they got to LA, he gets to the Staples Center. You probably heard this before. He's, she's working out, he's sweating. It's, it's an hour before game time. And he finishes his like one hour pregame shots and Kobe is still going. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, damn, like, all right. And then 
after the game that Kobe just killed him, had like 50 mm-hmm. points. He goes, man, he's like, how long did you stay after and shoot? He's like, oh, I left after you, but I just wanted you to know I'm going to stay longer than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and we're, we're here where, where I'm getting with that is, is that, so I'm a big component in that, right? You got, you, there's always someone working harder than you trying to get better than you. That's my big belief. And I think that that's guided me very far. But what I will say, my friend, Jeff, if he's listening, he told me this, kids need to see wins. They need to see that the effort gets, if, if a kid is 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and they're not seeing a victory from what they're doing. And let me tell you what the victory, you know, for mine, right? To go from like an AAU team where there's a bunch of stars and you come in, you're the, you're the new kid, you're not a starter. But if by the end of the summer, you're the starter, right? Like you have to see mm. wins. If you don't see wins, I would even be like, what the hell am I working hard for? Of course. You know what I mean? Of course. So I think that as parents, we need to make sure that that hard work, not just by praise alone, but I think like when I can go to my kid and I can say, look, you didn't start day one. Now you are like, and you can put that in context for them. I think that's the big thing. You know, other wins like now Layla, my daughter being 14, having two colleges talk to her at 14. I'm a D1 athlete. I didn't have my first college call me till September of my senior year. Right. It's a different world. It's a different now. world now. And these schools want to be the first to get the kid. I get it all. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we, we all need feedback and not just the kids, right? So if I think about building a business, right, there's some days and you know this because you did it. There's some days where you make those phone calls and send those emails and you go 12 hours and you, you get to the end of the day and you didn't hear a peep from anybody. You're going, well, why the hell am I doing this yeah. if I'm not getting the feedback? And that's a big part of it with kids, right? Mm. Helping them understand why they're doing it, right? right. Because there are going to be days where you're not getting the feedback that you want. And so am I doing it for praise? Am I doing it for recognition? Right. Or am I doing it because I love it? And that's not to say we don't all need that, those victories, because I agree, right? And that's why it's important to have really good people surrounding us. Coaches who let us know, hey, you're improving. Mm-hmm. right? They're communicating to the young athlete. Hey, I see you, you're working your ass off, like keep going, right? They need that feedback, Yeah, but it's not always going to be there. So they have to be able to self-sustain it, which is to say, why am I doing this? Why is this so important to me? And if they understand that it's going to help make them get through a, a bad day a lot more easily than like, what the hell am I doing this for? Right. And there's nothing coming back. And I don't know why I'm doing it. Yeah. So that's a big part of it, too, is helping them understand their motivation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. What's your take on the good old uh, when the coach stops yelling at you? That's when you should be concerned. What's the that analogy? Is that I mean, that's one of the good old ones. I just I never forget that one. You know, the hard teacher on you, the coach that yells at you. I mean, what is your take on, though, like I said, some of those, and we're adults talking, so I'll say, what's your take on some of those asshole kind of coaching styles? Like, are you with it? Are you personally against it? What's your thoughts there? It's not my style. Mm -hmm. And I coach, I coach young people, you know, in sports because I'm a parent Mm -hmm. and it's not my style, but I think it has a lot to do with intent, Mm -hmm. right? And I think for the coaches that if their intent is truly to make young people better, Mm -hmm then I'm, I'm okay with it. Like it's emotional, right? Like if, when I coach sports, sometimes particularly if I coach flag football or something, I notice myself getting really worked up sometimes Mm -hmm. just because I'm competitive. Right. And I might yell at somebody, a kid, or I might yell at a referee or whatever. And it's emotional. It's going to happen. Right. But if I can take a step back and say to the kid and say like, listen, Hey, I shouldn't have yelled. I was just 
right? Like that communication is huge, right? Yelling is not in and of itself bad. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to communicate with the young person after you yell at them to say, here's why I did it. I wasn't personal. I wasn't yelling at you. I just got emotional because I wanted you to know that this is what had to happen. I think what ends up happening a lot of times with the asshole kind of coach is they yell and you don't know why they're yelling. They're just yelling to yell. And that's, that will debilitate a young person because they don't get any of the feedback. They just get the yelling, right? The yelling is the feedback. And then it's like, well, what's wrong with me? And that's where the perfectionism comes from. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm with you. I think, like I said, in the car rides, right? So now let's yeah. as we kind of finish the car. So for me, the bad thing is, so let me, let me tell you about car rides, <laughs> whether we can talk about that car rides home, especially with young kids. I tell my kid this and, and we do basketball, right? So mm-hmm. listen, Steph Curry misses shots, right? I don't expect my child to go out there and shoot 80%, 50%. But for me, it's effort. The only time I think my daughter will have a bad, I'll say, I'll be honest, I'll be open on a bad car ride home is effort. I never forget my dad and I were sitting watching one of Layla's games and she just didn't want to. Now the team they were playing was garbage, right? But my daughter was just walking and you could just tell she didn't want to be there. And I get it. It's hard to get amped up when you're playing a garbage team. And I hate talking about kids that way, but they just were a bad team. Right. Mm -hmm. I looked at my dad and I was furious. I was, I wanted to jump on the court and tell the coach to bench her because that's what I would have done if I was the coach. You don't want to be here. Don't be here. Sit down. It was funny how my dad's come full circle. I say to him, I'm like, they need to bench her. She doesn't want to be out there. Then, you know, the effort was pissing me off. Funny thing that my dad show you how he's come full circle and he's now grandpa like, oh, leave, leave her alone. Leave her alone. I was like, what are you talking about? Leave her alone. I was like, if that was me, you would have slapped me in my head. Like you would have spanked the hell out of me. He goes mm-hmm. and nonchalantly. He was just like, I know, but leave her alone. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right. So grandpa doesn't want to hurt granddaughter. Right. Absolutely. But what I'm saying in the moral of that story and my daughter, if she does listen to these later on, I don't think she, daddy's got a cool job right now. So she doesn't listen to these right now, but effort was pissing me off. Right. I want 110% just effort. You don't make every shot, don't. But I, I want to see you hustle. There's things that you can do that don't require you to be great at it. Running full speed all at all times, giving the 110% effort. You don't have to be, and especially, here's the beauty of child athletes. You can mask any skill deficiency with effort, I feel. Maybe I'm crazy. Listen, I couldn't agree with you more as a mental performance coach and as a parent. So- I mean, I talk to kids till I'm blue in the face about what they can and can't control. And effort is 100% in your control. And if, if your effort is not there, you've made a choice not to try. Mm -hmm. And I understand why sometimes we don't want to try. Circumstances might dictate that, but doing that is really, it's a reputational risk, Mm -hmm. right? That idea that you're going to quit on your team because things aren't going your way. I'll give you a funny story as a parent. My son was playing in a game a couple of weeks ago and they were getting destroyed. It was terrible. They were down by like 30 or 40 points. I don't care about that, but basketball. And it was just a total mismatch of talent. The kids were bigger. They were better, whatever. And coaching was an issue, but I won't get into that. But my son's in the game, late in the game. And the referee, I think, makes a no call on something. And he starts like talking to the referee. And I was like, I lost it. I was like... It doesn't matter. I'm like, you're down by 40 points. You think that that matters? Right, like, right. Get back up, get back on defense. You know, I'm like, that's my bias of like, 
you're down by 40. Forget about the referee. Yeah. Get your ass back on defense because you know, you you look like a, a whiner. It doesn't even matter. It's like, it's two point game. Yeah. And uh, I'm big on that too. And I think a lot of people, you know, are on the referees. I, I just, no, that's, that. I that, don't get into it, that. It, this is what's crazy. I actually, so let me flip this instead of physical abuse of spanking. I grew up in a spanking generation. That's just, it was normal, right? My friends and I would laugh about each other's spanking that we, right. or I'd be at a friend's house and they would get spanked in front of me. So spanking, and you don't have to tell me your age, Michael. I, I, I don't ask guests. Or I'm 46. <laughs> so yes, I understand. <laughs> the thing, like I would be at a friend's house playing Nintendo and I would watch them get spanked. Like it just was a thing. Yeah. Right? But what I will say let me say what I love about, it's funny, your son's story, the games, Layla, and that's my daughter, the games, Layla got spanked by 40. I love it. I'm like more like, cause I think they need that to know for me, it's like, oh shit, we're here, but there's other teams and it might be older. I get you. There's so many in basketball, especially kid, you know, the, what's the, uh, the bench warmers when they did the, the one dude's like, I'm 12 <laughs> right? like, I, in basketball. There's so many kids that are either superior, taller, maybe older. I know sometimes kids do play down to win championships. And especially in that AAU world, uh, yeah. I'm opposite. I try to always make Layla play up. I don't wins and losses for me at this age, Unless it's like right now she's in her high school playoffs. That's when win and, wins and losses matter. Mm. Right. But in an AAU tournament when nobody gets anything but maybe a shirt, like you got to just get better. Right. Yep. Anyway, with, with all that, those spankings, that's like, I, I call it like this, like, I like those where it's not like physical abuse. Right. But a kid can get spanked. And hopefully what the kid learns from that is, oh my God, I'll say this too. One of Layla's trainers last summer, Layla had a goal of making eighth grade varsity. So the trainer brought a soft, at the time, a sophomore. I'm friends with the dad now. Layla is actually this girl's teammates, her senior year this year. The trainer brought this girl down to our house in our driveway. And literally the trainer told this girl, you know, kick the shit out of this kid, like one-on-one. Show her what high school basketball is like. And Layla one-on-one didn't even score a basket. If for me, I think there's lessons to be learned in that kind of like environment. And by the way, Layla was crying. I'm not good. But I'm crazy. I think sometimes you need, and and let me bring it back to professional success. And Michael Jordan has said this. Everyone has said this. I think you need failures too. You cannot learn in life without failures. Mm. Your son, while he might be so mad and he's competitive, it sounds, and he was, I think he was just in the heat of the moment, sure, looking for ways for little wins, right? Like, let me at least get the call is probably what he's thinking in his mind. Right. Like, like dude, right. we're down 40. Give me a, Give me a break. Call. Right. Absolutely. And we've all been there. But I think what he's going to do, the goal, hopefully, and I'm sure as a father, you would maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You don't have to agree with me, but is that he goes home and he's like, shit, if I play them again, like, I don't want to lose by 40 again. I want to get better so we can compete with that level of talent. Yeah. Listen, I, I, there's a lot in there. So yes, I, to me, the question I will always ask, whether it's my own kid or it's the kids I work with, is what are you going to do differently, right? Getting beat like that is not a bad thing because it gives you information about what you knew, need to do to get better. Now, to me, then the question becomes is what are you willing to do to not have it happen again? And I think for a lot of kids, they don't want to lose by 40 and they're going to say to themselves, I'm not going to lose by 40 next time, but then they have a short memory and then the habits and the behaviors 
go back to status quo. Whereas the kid who really wants it is going to go work on his handle in the driveway, or he's going to go shoot extra free throws, or he's going to go run. Right. And so some kids don't like to lose, but they don't like to do the work. And some kids are like, I'm not letting that happen. I'm going to put in the extra work. Yeah. And that's what, you know, we try to understand because there's consequence to every action and non-action and you can do whatever you want and that's fine. I try to tell them whatever you choose is up to you, but just understand there's a consequence. Are you willing to do the work? Yeah. Wow. I love that. I kind of hit everything. I mean, again, I think parenting, I will say this too. I think it's tough. I think the stress of a parent is tough. I mean, I will say this, and I don't know if you talk to parents and what your thought is on this. I have sleepless nights when she has bad games or not even bad games when they lose. I I think parents get so invested, right? Um, Running for me, and we can bring it back to running. I'm trying to have guests on the podcast, even though we're a running community, but like, Actually, I know, I know my next question, the, the 24 hour rule, don't talk to a coach for 24 hours is so true. I've had so many times when I wanted to, exactly what you just said, I wanted to like, be like, yo coach, what are you doing? This is the wrong move. You know, someone's hot. Why are you taking them out? Someone's, you know, cold. Why are you leaving them in all those things, mm-hmm. right? Waiting 24 hours and calming down. And then also for me running the next day, or usually later that night, if I want to just really kind of unwind it, I will say, I think parents get so invested. I am sharing a lot with this audience right now that maybe you guys are getting an insight in me, Hami, but you get so emotionally invested in your child's success. But also I always bring it back to this. I've scored goals in big games. I've hit baskets in big high school games. I've Mm -hmm. played college. I'm not a pro athlete by any means, but when you see your child make a basket or when you see your child uh, accomplish something in the sports world, for me, there was no better feeling than anything I've even done personally. I tell Layla all the time, like, dude, to have a college talk to you at this age, you've already surpassed me, right? So I know I'm giving you a long-winded question here, but parents just get so emotionally invested that I think we need, and, I, and I'm going back to that 24-hour rule thing, we need to sometimes step back and like calm down and like mm-hmm. we get so angry just like them, right? Or to your point, like if they don't show the same anger we have, what is your advice to parents who, you know, want everything their way, you know, and I know this is a long winded question and I do apologize, but like you can't control the narrative for your kid. They've got to, at some point, own it themselves and figure it you know, out on their own. Layla, and I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it this, this up here, but Layla, for example, if she's upset at a game or she's upset at her coach, I'm now at the point where I'm like, you got figured out. Like I'm mad. Too. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I'm with you. I'm mad your coach pulled you, but guess what? You talk to him. You got to figure it out. I'm not, daddy's not calling coaches anymore. I think that's good parenting. I mean, I have always adopted that philosophy. My ex-wife and I, like, if you have an issue with a coach or something that's going on, like you need, if it means that much to you, you need to be able to figure out how to solve the problem. I, I agree with that. Having parents talk to coach, and I hear this in the recruiting space a lot, on my podcast, we talk about college and high school to college and recruiting and things. Coaches don't want to, they're not going to recruit a kid whose parents come talk to the, you know, the coach. They want the kid to come talk to the coach. And so I think it takes practice as a parent. We want to protect our kids, right? We live in a world where maybe we're doing more for them than our parents did for us. And that's okay, right? But at a certain point, we have to practice at 
letting them figure things out. And maybe that's talking to somebody yourself as a parent, right? Like talking to somebody who can help you manage that. And I think ultimately it comes down to communication because again, we're all human, right? And this is something I really believe for parents. If we get upset at a kid and we say something we don't want to say, or we yell at them or we get up, you know, whatever it is, we have to be willing to, to be humble as well and apologize for what maybe is our fault. And I think a lot of adults don't look at it that way. I'm the adult. You're the kid. I'm right. You're wrong. If I'm wrong, I need to tell the kid I'm wrong. So the kid knows that I truly care about them because it's not just about my ego. It's about what's best for them. And I think that that's a hard thing for a lot of us because we're not raised that way. We have to learn that the hard way. And it takes practice. Yeah, no, for sure. And and by the way, I mean, like, and I think you should have a healthy relationship. My only thing with coaches at, at this stage, and this is where I'll say, and if you've any coaches are watching this, listen, I'm totally okay with coaches' decisions on who plays, who does what, mm-hmm. you know, your strategy, you know, defense, offense, there's so much that goes into coaches. And I get, coaches have the toughest job. I'll say a story I never forget. Layla, this is a story that still to this day kind of haunts me. Layla was uh, six or seven at the time. It was one of her first years playing basketball, but she was still mm-hmm. a little bit more exceptional. But the rule, uh, Catholic uh, leagues, uh, League here we have in Delaware, and the rule at that age was each kid plays 50% of the game. So mm-hmm. me and the co-coach, I volunteered as a dad. And this is where I, this was my first attempt and my last attempt at coaching. And you'll hear this in a second. <laughs> my buddy and I, we had our two daughters who were decent. Again, this is, by the way, when I say they were like the scores of these games were like 10-9. Right. Like that was like, cause they're little, they're babies. But anyway, we go to the Catholic league championship. The score was 10, 10, but we had set it up where our daughters knowing that it's 50, 50, we actually would start the worser kids. I, I know this sounds horrible, but we would start them so they could play first and third quarters. And then our more advanced kids could finish the game out second and fourth. Right. And this is what's crazy about parents in this world. We get to the fourth quarter and Layla hits a shot and we go into a one minute overtime. And when I say overtime, it was like nine, nine, 10, 10, right? Brian and I, and if he's listening to this, he'll remember the story. And I hope I, ha- I feel bad calling parents out, but this is what I, I really want us all to learn from this and get better. I never forget. We look at each other and he's the head coach. He looks at me. He's like, Tommy, he's like, technically we got to get those other kids in now. I said, look, man, last game of the season, it's the championship. I said, I'm saying, let's go for the win. Right now, here's where, here's where the story, I, I want your opinion, but here's the story, right? We do, we leave the kids in, we go for the win. My daughter hit one free throw. We win literally 11, 10. That was the overtime score, right? Twofold on this thing. Immediately parents rush to Brian and they're like, what the fuck? Like you, you know, you didn't play my kid. It was their turn to get in. Now here's me. I, I kind of, I want, I didn't want any of that. I like kind of bolted. <laughs> <laughs> You look at the kids, Michael, they were so happy. So happy. Yes. They didn't care. They were ecstatic. I love that story because my view on that has changed over time. When I started coaching, I was very much of the egalitarian, like everybody plays, right? And it doesn't matter. It's just youth sports. Like I had this very like sort of, um, like this very like uh, high and mighty like view of like, well, this, the wins and losses don't matter. And we all play. And then I started to realize over time that one, the kids know who the better kids are. Of course. Right. So the kids know, like if they're not playing, 
like they understand why. Now, obviously, if they're not playing a whole game and they're sitting there the whole time, that's not good either. Yeah. But if you're playing 50-50 and it gets down to the end, they would rather the better kids be in the game because they want to win. They want to go to school the next day and be like, hey, we won the game and this is really fun and they're part of a team. And I think that every coach has a different philosophy. And to me, I think more than anything is if I'm volunteering to coach, and again, this is my bias because I've always been a coach. I still do it. I love it. I volunteer for everything. If I'm volunteering to coach and I'm putting my time and energy into it, like you don't have to agree with me. But if you if you don't like it, you come coach. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because that's life, right? You said it before. We're gonna have a boss that we don't like, right? There's gonna be stuff in our lives that we just don't like and we can't control. Like our kids need to learn to deal with adversity. Yeah, my coach sucks. I got a bad apple here. He's a volunteer who's who's terrible. Well, you know what? The kid's just gonna have to figure it out, right? Like I don't want them to have their feelings hurt, but at the same time, like you're gonna come to a place in your life where you're not gonna have the ability to complain about it. You're just going to have to live with it. Listen, the thing about life though, is someone's always going to be someone's favorite. That's just a fact. Of course. I think, think, and that's the other thing too, in sports, you learn that early. I'll give you a perfect example. My wife and I, the baby is kind of like, and I want to share this. It's like our baby is kind of like, she's so close to her mom, right? And then Layla, obviously, because we have that basketball bond, Layla's closer to me and we're away every weekend together, right? And by the way, when I say that, and if my kids listen to this in the future, there's no favorites, but life is always, but from the outside, I always try my hardest to make sure London, the little one knows like, Hey, look, this is just what we got to do right now. Like we got to get Layla to these tournaments, but in business, it's, it's so funny. Like it doesn't end. Bosses are going to have a favorite, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There's always going to be the two friends that click together the most in, in a group of friends, right? Favoritism is always going to be a thing. That's just the way it is. And, you know, you always want to, you know, understand that. And that, again, there's so, we can go on and on. I, I, I want to mm-hmm. round this out and I don't want to waste up too much of your time, but that's just going to happen. You're going to have bad coaching. You're going to have bad bosses. You're going to have people with favorites. But again, it's okay. How are you going to react to that? Are you going to you know, say, woe is me. Are you going to try to change the narrative? This is where I'm torn. Sometimes it's like, look, do you want to quit? Right. Like, or switch teams, which might be a bad look, but maybe it is for the better. So uh, there's some things I'm torn on. I give kids a lot of credit who tough through things, but at the same time, we live in a day and age where I'm also as, as you don't have a lot of time to waste. You know what I mean? So if you're in a bad situation and there's someone out there that's promising you something better, then go for it. You know what I mean? So there's so many factors though, and so many options in, in today's world. Absolutely. So again, to go back to the work that I do, it's, it's always about what you can and can't control. Right. And then in that example, right, like with a kid leaving a team, I'm not happy with this situation. That's okay. And leaving is okay, but you have to understand there's also a consequence, right? You know, if I leave, then I'm going to go to a new team and I have to prove myself all over again. Or maybe the grass isn't always greener on the other side and I'm not happy there. So then what are you going to do when you're not happy there? Right. Again, you know, leaving a team or quitting something, it's up to you and it's okay. You got to do what's best for you, but don't be surprised when it doesn't work out the way you oh, want it to either. And it's right? crazy too, because I'm, I'm reading a new article yesterday you know, cause Layla coming up on like a 25 class and this whole transfer portal and COVID yep. here. 
And I'm really reading this article that a lot of kids entered the transfer portal, put scholarships basically threw their scholarships away and are now just sitting in a transfer portal, not being contacted. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be, you know, kind of like sure. And, and kids, you know, at the end of the day, this is what I'm, I'm always saying. One thing I love about my kid. And I, I, of course we toot our own kids horns and, and, and I'm okay doing that as you should. My child literally to this day just runs around and says, I want to be a physical therapist. Like that's what I want to do. And that, that's, you know, so I think that as long as we keep it real with them, like, and know that this is a means to, to get what you want. Right now, if, if a kid goes pro, I think that's amazing. I think that's a great opportunity. I think, you know, the other thing too, I will say, and let me ask you what we can end on this and kind of as a high school, especially now that Layla's in high school and I'm seeing in the playoffs as some of these kids lose a lot of these seniors you're seeing, it's like their last like now it ends, right? They don't have a mm. college scholarship. They, they, their career is now officially over. Um, it's ended. One of the things my buddy Jeff and I, we talked about when his career, basketball career at UVA was over, it was coping with it being over. Do you deal any th- with athletes that are like, hey, I'm struggling that it ends? I will say what kept me, real, last thing I'll say, what kept me a little bit okay was rec leagues. Like my wife would come watch me at rec leagues. It made me feel a little bit like those old days. And the last thing I always tell Layla is I don't even miss the games. I miss the bus rides. I miss mm-hmm. the locker room. Definitely. I miss the, you know, and, and and I'll admit there's some vulgar stuff in locker rooms. And <laughs> it, <laughs> yes. that's what you, I tell Layla, and this is the last part of this question, but I want your opinion on how to cope with that. But I always tell Layla, when you look back on all this, you're actually not even going to miss the games. You know, you're going to miss the teammates and the laughs. So the way I'd answer the question is yes, transitions are really hard, especially as it relates to retirement, Mm -hmm. right? You know, we're going into a new situation where our identity is impacted. I just did this with a client of mine, a high school client of mine the other day. I asked him, to make a circle and draw a pie chart and which percent, what percentage of his, you know, identity was an athlete. And it was like 60%, right? All the other stuff, son, friend, boyfriend, this, that student, it was all bit parts. So much of an athlete's identity. And I was the same way is tied up in sports that when it ends, a lot of times we don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we don't have something to look forward to, like, if your daughter knows that she wants to be a physical therapist, that's a great thing, right? Because now she's like, well, sports is a means to an end. And when it ends, now I have another goal. I have something to go forward to. For a lot of athletes, it's always about the glory days. Yeah. And when it's over, they don't know how to function, yeah. right? And I think being competitive into adulthood is huge. I played baseball for 15 years after college because I needed something to do. Like I wanted to be competitive. And what it also helped me do as a parent is to normalize and put things in perspective. If I go out and struggle playing baseball, I know it's hard. When my son goes and plays baseball and he has a bad day, like I know what it feels like. Whereas a lot of parents are so far removed from athletics that they don't really understand what their kids are going through. They have like a revisionist history. And so it's, it's really, I think, important to have something to understand your purpose, to sort of go back to that. Why am I doing this? Like, what do I want to do with my life? Where does sports fit? And a lot of times I am dealing with kids and it could be the transition from high school to college where they're becoming a college athlete and they're used to being a star and now they're just one of many. Yeah. Right. They're a big fish in a small pond. Now they're a, you know, they're a small fish in a big pond. 
happens all the time. And it's something that a lot of kids struggle with. Yeah. And that's just life, right? We all go through transitions and we have to figure out how to navigate them. So it's a big part of what I do. Yeah. And, and, and it's the bonds though, too. I think that's the best part. Like, I think that's at least what you can hang on to and the memories and the bonds. Like, like I said, if, if my daughter's, you know, senior year of high school, and like I said, I'm seeing a lot of these girls cry and stuff like that nowadays. Yeah, it's hard. But that's what I'm saying. The cool thing is like the bonds. Even like now I, I love like if I'll go play like a rec, like not even rec league, like pickup night at a gym. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's those bonds. It's hanging out with those people. It's, you know, again, it's so much. I think at the moment you're so, you are so worried about game by game by game. But then you realize like, oh man, like remember when we used to do this on the bus or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like just for sure, crazy, you know, things that like he, teammates do and having each other's back. And, you know, so I think those are the friendships. Right. And then even now, like, it's funny, like, it's crazy to me, the parent friendships I make as you know, you travel with the same parents and you see them at the same tournaments, you know, the relationships are something I, I will say sports, again, talking about personal character that it builds, but also relationships that it just builds and, and, and connections. You can't forget that. Right. And that's one thing too. So let's kind of, I, I appreciate your time. Went a little over. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. But where can, and I want to talk to you all. Maybe I'll have you talk to Layla too. Um, <laughs> in her to. head a little bit. I would love to. But what, um, and, and yeah, I'll, you know, I'll email you and possibly, yeah, let's set that up. Where can people find you? Obviously, I think, and I've, I've talked to a few other, you know, people we're interviewing for these podcasts and it's awesome that they can now have clients worldwide. Where can people reach you? Are you taking clients from, you know, everywhere and where can people, you know, contact you, Michael? The best place to go is on my website. It's Michael V is in Vincent Huber.com. There's a bunch of information on there, free stuff, you know, free resources, the ebook, a small video course, all free. I have a podcast of my own. I've got 35 episodes or so. They're all up on there and there's a bunch of blog posts. So there's a bunch of good stuff on there. You can also contact me through the website. I am taking clients and I, I'd say the vast majority of my clients are are virtual because of the world we've been living in. I've started to see some more clients in person recently, but I'm happy to talk to anybody. And the first session is always free because I want to make sure that it's a fit for people. Yeah. I want to make sure that what we're doing is a fit because if it's not a fit or someone's not ready for it, it's not going to be worth it. And I don't want anyone to think that, uh, you know, I'm just doing it for, to go through the motions. It's, yeah. it's really important to me that people, you know, want to get the most out of the work that we do together. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and we will, by the way, everyone, we will put all the links and any social links, Michael, we'll get together. Like I said, give me, and I think I have that on your bio. Um, we'll put all that stuff in our bio of you as we publish this podcast, which will be in a couple of weeks here. So listen, I, I think we had a great conversation. I, I, I appreciate it. You know, like I said, if if uh, if I can ever return the favor or anything, let me know. But yeah, this was great. And any uh, any parents have, you know, and I, I know a lot of us have talked in our community and a lot of you guys on the Facebook group. I know you guys always support me and my kids journey and you guys are all going through that too. So I love that our community got this, this great listen for this hour. So whether you were running or not, now finish up your run and go take care of your kids. <laughs> All right, Michael, thank you so much. And uh, we'll we'll definitely maybe have you on uh, here maybe in in the future in a few months. Thank you, Hami. I appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.